Let's go. Let's go. Oh, oh did you want to? Sorry. I'll let you. I'll let you. Next time. I'm in love with you. Snap out of it. I'll have what she's having. Too many guys think I'm a concept, or I complete them, or I'm gonna make them alive. But I'm just a fucked up girl who's looking for my own peace of mind. Don't assign me yours. Caustic wit is my religion. I would make a great queen because I am so stubborn. I say when it comes to stardom and Lauren, there are no accidents. Hi, Karen Peterson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Citizen Dame, the podcast where we lose our fucking minds. Because we won! <laughs> <laughs> I, I am Lauren Humphreys-Brooks, and uh, uh, with me is Karen Peterson. How are you doing today, Karen? It is Saturday, everybody. By the way, it is Saturday at noon in, uh, in New York, so you kind of think about what we might be a little excited about. <laughs> It is Saturday, November 7th. It is a beautiful, beautiful day. It's raining here. It's pr- I woke up this morning and I heard these weird noises outside my apartment and I was like, what is going on? And then I realized it was rain, which is a very unfamiliar concept here. And of course, I've slept like four hours this week. So I turned on the news and um, was just like, Ugh, why won't they just call it already? In fact, <laughs> I, was, I was just telling you, like, I was all, we're journalists. Why don't we just call it on our podcast today and be done with it? As far as we're concerned, this election is over. <laughs> yeah, I've, then... I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I, th- I think that we should say Citizen Time has called the, the presidential election for Joe Biden. Um, nice. <laughs> so there you go. Everybody's called it now. <laughs> Even Fox News, which that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all week I've been switching back and forth between CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, and with a little bit of like NBC News and and ABC News thrown in there too, just because I like to see not only what everyone's talking about and like what the personalities are, but I really like to hear the messages that are going out to different listeners from different groups, and I think it's really important and. Um, So it's been really, really interesting. I mean, I've always kind of done that, but never so much as I have this week. And it's been really eye-opening to watch the way even like CNN and MSNBC haven't totally been on the same page on things like MSNBC. They were the first ones to cut away from Trump's uh, statement the other day when he spoke and, and just went on this weird rant and was making a whole bunch of of claims of things that were totally not true even his own a lot of his own people cannot (laughs) cannot like stand by and let that happen and msnbc pulled away and said yeah he's lying so we're not going to finish airing it eventually cnn pulled away too but they let it go a lot longer and then fox news man they seriously are on another planet it's and yesterday Sorry, I feel like now I'm kind of jumping around a lot. But um, yesterday, it was really interesting watching, like, as the numbers were getting more and more clear in Biden's favor in Pennsylvania um, and in Georgia, too. It was really interesting watching the way the Fox News folks were totally out of sync. Like, they were not agreeing. You'd have one person say, well, but there's this, this possible legal challenge. Georgia's going to go into a recount, Um, you know, all these possible things could happen in Pennsylvania. And then you have someone else like on the same network 
just go in and basically say, yeah, but we have to be realistic here. And they couldn't even get it together and agree. And it was really fascinating to watch. This whole week has just been, I'm so tired. Oh my gosh. I'm so tired. Yeah, I think the entire world is tired. I feel like everyone has been watching this. Like I, I've been getting messages from my my friends in Europe and in the UK who are just going, who are just going like, what's happening is everything okay it's just like we're really really tired we're really tired but we're moving on and just like the world it's getting weird by by the way it looks like that they that the ap also just called um nevada for biden so oh good that adds to his total good um well and that's one of the things i thought was so funny this morning when all the networks were were starting to and the newspapers and everybody were starting to finally say all right look Biden's winning Pennsylvania. This is over. And Fox was resistant. And I'm like, you guys are the only ones that have called Arizona for Biden. And you won't acknowledge this. Yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I I don't know what's going on at Fox, but, you know, whatever. Fine. (laughs) But yeah, pretty pretty much everybody now has called it, I think. Yeah, well, I think Fox doesn't know what's going on. I think there's a lot of internal struggle there, and Mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of, like, where do we go from here? Because I guarantee you that the money side of things there's going to be a lot of people who look at their their base of support, their, their fans, the people who really watch it, not like I do to watch, you know, just to see how things are being covered, but people who really are invested, who have it on all day long and get everything from Fox, there's a vested interest from the money side of things to keep that going, to keep feeding them all this, you know, misinformation, um, some of it outright lies, some of it just, you know, twisting and spinning things to look a certain way they're going to want to keep that going but if they want to try to restore any bit of credibility as a journalistic organization they're going to have to start moving away from that moving away from trump and and so i mean from what i'm seeing it looks like there's a big internal struggle behind the scenes between the powers that are running things and really trying to to decide what's going to happen there but none of that matters because we have won the election <laughs> biden's going to be president we have elected our country has elected the first female vice president <laughs> i'm really emotional about that and, and and a black woman too i mean that's yeah that's the other thing a, a woman of color like like it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really wonderful and and i know that there are you know people are already like well there's a lot of work to do this doesn't mean that it's over or anything like that yes absolutely we can also be happy we you know absolutely we should not get complacent but we should also at least take a couple of minutes and allow ourselves to be happy given i remember how i felt in 2016 um and and i was so afraid that this was going to play out in exactly the same way and it didn't and yeah. that's like and i know and even now i'm just like are we sure <laughs> what else yeah. can happen and i don't know <laughs> something you know there are other things that can happen but um well the but- thing that gives me confidence because i know there are still some court challenges that they're trying to convince us are gonna go somewhere but uh the thing that gives me confidence is that trump's lawyers are showing up in court saying things like we don't have any observers well don't you have some well we have a non-zero number of observers <laughs> right now these this is not a masterful legal team i have to no. say <laughs> 
I have to say, they keep on going into court and saying things like, and, they, and saying things like, well, they're, you know, they're messing with the ballots. Do you, you have proof? No. We'll get some if you give us time. Like, Yeah, no, it's, it's like, well, you don't, like, how can you go to, you can't go to court if you're just like, it, we don't like what's happening. It's like, I understand that you don't like what's happening, but you have to have proof before you can go to court. Yesterday on CNN, I think it was, someone was talking about like, well, but they filed these lawsuits and a reporter was like, well, you can, anybody can file a lawsuit. It's just that you might not get any hearing if you don't have evidence to back it up, but you can file the papers all you want. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, it's to me, it's still kind of unbelievable. I'm sitting here going like, really? Are we sure? Are we positive? <laughs> are we like, I keep, I keep on checking Twitter's like, are we certain? Are you certain nothing else has happened? Do we know? Yeah. Like, yeah, oh. I, I think that, you know, we've all been conditioned to this almost for the past four years. And it's been, it, and, you know, with everything that has happened this year, it has been so difficult to actually be like, really? Are yeah. you sure? <laughs> I was talking with some friends yesterday about how I, I don't think I fully, maybe I haven't even still fully understood or realized, but I don't think that I understood how how traumatizing these past four years have been until this week and it's like I've just been kind of waiting for it to be over and now that it's about to be and seeing how I mean he's he's fighting for with every bit of whatever you know like he just refuses to accept that he has lost because he's never lost anything meaningful in his life like everything always ends up working out for him somehow no matter how much it shouldn't. And so I think that seeing this happening now, I'm realizing like, man, these last four years have been really, really traumatic for us as a country. Not, not for me personally, I'm doing fine, but um, for us as a country. And how do we heal from this? Like Biden and Harris have a lot to do to rebuild the country and to I mean, 74 million to 70 million votes right now it could even change a little bit more, but that a hundred, almost 150 million people voted and it was almost a 50, 50 split. We're really divided. Yeah. And yeah, the, a, a lot, I know a lot of people want to just say, well, fuck the losers. Let's just, you know, they don't, but we can't be that way. We can't just ignore 70 million people as much as we want to, as tempting as that is. We have to accept that there are degrees, there are different different types of people with different reasons for voting the way that they did. And we have to find a way to work with the ones that are reasonable because yeah. not all of them are, but a lot of them I, I, th I think that one of the things that, that absolutely must happen is that we've got we've got to break down we, we can't let something like Trump happen again right um, and that's part of the problem because he and and Trump the reason why he got that many votes and the reason why he got the reason why he he won the electoral college in uh, in 2016 was because he convinced people he tapped into something mm -hmm. that and, and people have said this numerous times particularly people of color and and queer people have said this a numerous times this is what america is mm -hmm. um and there's a lot of positive in america there's a lot of good in america but there is a very deep darkness in it as well and that's what trump 
broke open basically yeah. um he didn't create the circumstances that led to his rise any more than you know and i i don't i'm not 100 behind the hitler claims but um but you know hitler didn't create the xenophobia and the anti-semitism and the racism and the the nationalism etc that fomented to to form the nazi party and eventually to to drive him into power hitler didn't create that he exploited it mm -hmm. um and he catalyzed it and i and i think that that is what trump has done as well he didn't create the racism and the sexism and the misogyny and the homophobia and the fear that has kind of fueled um a lot of his supporters that's something that was there already and we have to as a nation we have to be willing to address that we can't bury it because the more that we bury it the uglier it is going to come back mm -hmm. um we have to address it. and there are some people like i can't talk to someone who considers me or my friends a a, a half of a human right i can't yeah. like i don't know how you can't how do you bridge that divide and you say well i don't agree with you yeah well i want to kill you mm -hmm. You know, that's, that is a, a split that is very difficult to overcome. Yeah. But we have to address it in some way. We have to not necessarily understand people like that, but try and figure out and address what has allowed this to continue to exist. Cause it's still there. Like Biden winning or not winning doesn't, it doesn't mean that it's gone, right? It's, it hasn't really, the world feels like it's changed but it hasn't changed since yesterday at the same time. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I can use myself as a case study in the, in the the way that we can move forward. What I mean by that is uh I registered to vote as a Republican at age 18. In college I was president of the College Republicans. I campaigned for Bob Dole, for Bush, for Mitt Romney. I, you know, this is who I who I am. In 2016, I didn't vote for Trump. I also didn't vote for Clinton. I felt okay about that because I live in California and Clinton was going to get our votes anyway. So I wrote in a third party. And I, I mean, looking at, at where I am now and how I see things now, even knowing that my vote for president in 2016 didn't impact anything, uh, knowing how bad things could be and would be, I would actually go back and change that vote now. And I would vote for Clinton. Um, the thing is that I, you know, I was very much a conservative Republican and I was someone who I would never have considered myself racist. And it was really offensive to me when anybody would try to suggest that I was. And it makes you put up a wall. Once someone starts flinging that word at you and you're like, but that doesn't describe who I am. I just want people to take responsibility for their lives, you know? And there are lots of ways that we need to do that. You know, like I had, I had very conservative ideas about things like when it came to money as social issues, I was much more in the middle and I still am. But I think that a big reason that people still cling to and why 70 million people instead of maybe 20 million people voted for Trump was because they feel like they they're not welcome on the left. They're not welcome by the blue. They feel like they're because of the fact that they have very, you know, in some cases it's very specific things that they that really matter to them. 
they're one or two issue voters, which I have very specific feelings about that as well. But um, but they're not representative of the worst of the party and they're lumped in with that. But they allow themselves to be because they know that that's not true of most of the people that they know. And so they don't see that the, the worst of that side is as pervasive as it is. Yeah. I don't know if this is making sense, but no, it, it, it does. It does make sense. I, I think that, uh, I mean, so, you know, on, on the flip side, I, I am a raging liberal. I, mm-hmm. I am a socialist. Like I have mm-hmm. been since I was since forever, basically. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I've been a registered Democrat ever since I was 18. Uh, and I haven't always agreed with everything about the democratic party. I think that they're not far enough to the left. Um, but (laughs) you know, in the, in our particular situation in this country, you know, if we were a two party system, I'm not going to vote green. I'm not going to, you know, that's, that just seems to be not an option at the time. Uh, but I, I do think that at a certain point we have to talk about people who is willing to work, do the work and who isn't. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that, that Trump and that a number of different things that started before Trump. Uh, have kind of laid bare in this country is the basic racism of America. Uh, And that maybe many of us, especially white liberals, Mm -hmm. had not been aware of it. We don't want to talk about it. Or or we kind of thought, I remember when Obama was elected and there were a lot of white liberal commentators who were talking about post-racism. Yeah. Right. We're post-race in America. It's like, well, obviously we're not. And that, you know, if this, if this four years have proved anything that that's proved that. Right. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, you have to remember like the shooting of Michael Brown is, uh, happened under Obama. The, those initial protests, Black Lives Matter began to rise, uh, under Obama. That wasn't, you know, that was, that was, that's a function of the racism of America. That's not a function of who is president. Mm-hmm. Um, But so one of the things that I think has to happen is that all of us have to be willing to look at ourselves. And that includes the people who, as you're talking about, don't consider themselves racist, but maybe are. Yeah. See that that's the problem. And I think, I think that part of that is about education. It's about saying like, not saying you're a racist and I hate you, but saying, okay, here, let me explain to you why this is an issue. Right? Yeah, and hope that they understand there are some people who are not going to understand and who are going to refuse to do that work and there's not very much you can do with them because if you say okay what you're expressing is racism what you're expressing is misogyny i mean we know this just as women on the internet mm-hmm. you know you say to someone well that's a pretty sexist thing to say and they immediately go into explaining how they're not misogynist they're not sexist and no matter how many times you repeat you you explain to them here's why it's a problem they still don't hear it and they don't want to hear it. And exactly. at a certain point, you know, certainly I, as a woman, I don't want to have to bear that burden for every misogynist white man who comes at me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to constantly say like, let me explain to you why this is a problem. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Well, and that's yeah. one of the things, yeah, just going back to what I was just saying, like, as I've listened more to people, as I've traveled to some pretty interesting places as i've just just talked to people and heard their stories i've learned and i've read a lot you know i've learned a lot about how there were things that i did and thought and said and believed that actually were steeped in racism and i never understood that but i was i was taught 
in non-combative ways, you know, like I, I was able to learn those things through patience and love from other people who, who really helped me understand. And I, I think the, the thing that we need to try to avoid doing is I'm going to both sides of this right now, but hold on, (laughs) hear me out. (laughs) I think that both sides need to not assume that the other side is that everybody on the other side is an example of the absolute worst. And I think that if we can get past that mindset and understand that, that, uh, there are definitely extremes, but that there are a lot of people that can be taught and I mean that for, for people on the left, they, they can educate, they can teach people on the right. Hatred is learned. It can be unlearned. And uh, for people on the right, they need to understand that everyone on the left doesn't just think that they're terrible people and doesn't just think that they're all bad. And so they may as well just, you know, not care about trying to hear them out. You know what I mean? So I think that, that we all all the good and reasonable people, because there are a lot, need to find a way to be able to calmly, rationally listen to each other and really be open to, to hearing and learning. And I think that as we do that, that's, that's one thing that I, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the, I mean, people have pointed this out all week, you know, seven out of the last eight, um, presidential elections the democrats have won the popular vote and if you look at where the population centers are in the united states because of course land doesn't vote (laughs) uh this is a a fairly in the middle left-leaning country on average and so i think that if we're going to continue to move toward being a country that truly cares about its citizens and really truly wants to make sure that everyone has the equal opportunities has is treated fairly under the law in employment in every aspect of life the way to do that is to not like we have to do it with love and kindness and patience sometimes things are going to get violent and we just have to deal with that when it happens but I think that the way to move forward is to just to yeah to be patient we and and to understand that these changes take time i mean i'm 43 and i was you know i was a republican for 20 years i've been an independent for four and it's you know i i'm not holding myself up as any sort of like standard of how people should be but i'm just looking at my own experience it took a lot of time for me to get there but i did and i'm still learning i'm still growing i'm still changing and i think that there are a lot of people who are willing to i i i, I agree with you for the most part um and and i i think that it's some of it is a question about what we do as individuals what we do as a society what our politicians do and one of the the things i would hope for with biden is not that it's not that he is going to just you know 
bow to Trump supporters or anything like that, try to appease them or something. Oh yeah, no, but, definitely not. But to try to build more of an understanding maybe yeah. um, to, to, you know, at, to, to sort of show people, you know, I was talking with, a, with one of my friends the other day about this. So we were like, you know, how can people support Trump? Right? How, how can you support Trump given everything? And some of it is, I think is about lies and it's about lies that they have believed. And, and some of it is fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I, 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 think that, I think that you're right. I think that there are some people who just haven't really realized that the things that they want and the things that benefit them are actually the things that they're going to get yeah. if they start understanding other people more. So, you know, things like healthcare. Every, everybody wants healthcare. Everybody knows, anyone who's been through the American healthcare system in any capacity, in any state, knows how difficult and, and, and terrible it is. Mm-hmm. And yet we continue to have these arguments about healthcare. It's like, but what, what you think you are going to get is not the same thing as what you're actually going to get. Right. And that that's where people need to we need to find ways to make them understand right this will actually benefit you Mm -hmm. yeah this will actually make your life better and and i do think that some of trump's support is is founded on nihilism and -hmm. is founded on um a a profound despair of of the the american working classes uh and and I think that that's true. And I'm talking about the white working classes. Obviously, a large majority of the working classes in America are actually people of color. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there is this despair that he has exploited and he's exploited. And there are other things as well. Um, but that maybe if we can help people to realize that they don't need to despair, that we things can actually get better, that that will change their approach, that will change their understanding of things. I don't know. Yeah, no. I, I think that I think you're absolutely right. And I think that the way to start to do that is to um, there's a phrase building on common beliefs. We need to do that. So something like healthcare, you start from a place of do you believe that everyone should be able to go to the doctor when they're sick? Yes, of course I do. Okay, great. So now a lot of people can't do that because of a lot of reasons. How can we fix that? And as we start to as if you break it down to the most basic issue part of the issue then you can start to build up together to find ways to fix that problem where nobody's going to get everything they want but as long as the main problem that you're trying to address is addressed you can move forward together in a way that both sides feel comfortable with and that's that's where we need to go and i'm hoping that someone like Biden has the ability to have some of those conversations. And I hope that, I mean, one of the big things he needs to do now is stick to what he said in the campaign, that he's not going to go after like trying to abolish the second amendment because he said he's not going to. And for some reason, people think he is, I don't know where that came from. And his tax plan that raises taxes only on people making over 400,000 a year, he needs to stick to that. And if he does, and people can see that he's actually doing the things that he said, he's actually, he, he was being honest about what he wanted to do, then that'll help people who don't like him or were afraid of him and voted very reluctantly. I know a lot of people who voted very reluctantly for Trump. I have very strong feelings about that, but 
they did and they can be assuaged if their worst fears about biden don't come true yeah, I, I think that that's, I think that's probably true. And unfortunately, Biden, in, in a certain sense, has an easier path to it uh, because he is not a woman and he is not a person of color. Yeah. He is an old white man. And I don't like that. You know, I, we've talked about oh, this yeah. before, <laughs> but, but it, it does mean that there, there is a possibility, as, as terrible as it is, there is a possibility that more of these people will actually listen and will actually pay attention to what is happening, truly happening, mm-hmm. and not just what Fox News, et cetera, tell you is happening, yeah. um, which... You know, I think I said I said earlier I was very disappointed that I did not get to to vote for Elizabeth Warren, mm-hmm. um, who I still think would be a better president. But uh, oh, absolutely! But at, the, <laughs> at the same time, there was this part of me that was like, you know what? I'm really relieved that I do not have to listen to vicious misogynist attacks for the next you know three months or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something, and and it was really disappointing. <laughs> for me in my heart because I'm like I'm really sad that I feel like that because I'm just so tired of of having to hear those kinds of things yeah and it's nice in a in a dark kind of way of not that I did not have to hear it right I just did it just wasn't something that I had to to listen to yeah um so yeah I I I think that you know we can move on and actually talk about movies in a moment (laughs) but I did want to share a little thing I did do some canvassing for a a a candidate uh that I'm not going to name I'm not going to say who it was etc I did do some canvassing for a candidate and I I had a fun phone call with someone um who who said who as soon as I mentioned this candidate's name was just like oh I voted for him (laughs) and I was like Okay, so I just want you to know that I voted for him. I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican, but I know my own mind and I would never vote for that other person. She, I hate her. She is not trustworthy. Just oh. like, I just want you to know that you note that down. I was like, all right. I was just like, yes, I am a Republican, but I would never vote for her. It's like, thank you, miss. Good to know. I will note that. Uh. You know, so I, and there, there was that moment. I come from uh, the the area that I'm in. I'm not in New York, or I'm not in uh, in New York City right now. I'm in upstate, and um, the area that I live in is very kind of moderate. Would be mm-hmm. the way that I would describe it. It's not. There are definitely some very very like right wing elements, but for the most part, most of the people are just moderate. And uh, for a very long time, this area was represented by a very moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. who was like very much kind of Clinton era, both sides of the aisle sort of Republican, worked with everybody, did a lot uh, for his constituency and was really, really beloved. And then with, with Trump, et cetera, it kind of got divided and we have this very right wing Republican candidate and a kind of left of center Democrat. Um, but it's, it was interesting to hear this, this woman who's obviously very like, I am a Republican, but... <laughs> <laughs> I will not vote for this person like mm-hmm. and that that was heartening because I'm like you know what probably the two of us we disagree on like a lot of things but we can agree on this <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> um so well and that's yeah. how I've been the last four years like I was well <laughs> I mean I wasn't a Republican anymore but it was like yeah I used to be a Republican I still sort of consider myself conservative on some things but I would never support Trump ever, ever. <laughs> I was a okay. never Trumper from the beginning. <laughs> I am very proud of that. I mean, you should be. So, you yeah. should be. 
right. Well, it's it would be easy to continue to talk about the election. Let's talk a little bit about movies, uh, since this is a, a movie podcast. Yeah, and... I guess let's talk about <laughs> movies about that are going to come about the future first female vice president. <laughs> uh, I just love saying that. So true. My God. And actually, before we move on, I do just want to say, like, it's not that I never thought in my lifetime this would happen. It's just that it's one of those things like you knew eventually it was coming and now it is here. And it's yeah. just this kind of really cool feeling. What surprises me the most is the fact that the first female vice president is not white. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. No, it's it's good. The, there is, you know, like you say, there's a lot of work to be done. This, you know, nothing has ended particularly. Oh, yeah, no. But it, this is a good thing, and we should definitely embrace the fact that it is a good thing. Yes. Uh, but somehow there was movie news this week. <laughs> yeah, somehow there was movie news this week. You know, this this past month, right, or I was, like I said, I was talking with my friend the other day, and she was like, yeah, you've been watching horror movies for like a month and a half. <laughs> you know? I was like, yeah, I'd forgotten that there were other kinds of films. Um, but we there is actually movie news. So it looks like that, that Johnny Depp uh, has been forced to exit the Fantastic Beasts franchise. Um, this has happened I'm sorry i shouldn't laugh <laughs> it is kind of funny and i will read some of his statement in just a minute uh so this has happened after his exit from the harry potter uh so he's exiting the harry potter spinoff series um and this is after he lost a libel case against the sun uh which alleged that he was a wife beater and basically he he lost the case they found that it was not libel so he's he's a wife beater um so basically what's happened is he he's not it doesn't seem like he's been he's kind of been fired but not really he's basically been told you need to go (laughs) well it's weird because his letter he's like i was asked to resign like it's a position at a yeah i don't know i've never heard anybody yeah i've never heard anybody resign when it comes to not taking on a role anymore like they just cut his contract off they they broke it (laughs) yeah yeah so so this this is what Depp says and it's it's actually a very short statement that he posted on his Instagram account but so what he says is uh in light of recent events I would like to make the following short statement firstly I'd like to thank everybody who has gifted me with their support and loyalty I have been humbled and moved by your many messages of love and concern particularly over the last few days Secondly, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in in Fantastic Beasts, and I respected and agreed to that request. Finally, I wish to say this. The surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth, and I confirm that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong, and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by this moment in time. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, Johnny Depp. Meanwhile, OJ is still looking for the real killer, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah like Depp 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 actually this this one this one has broken my heart probably more than than many of the kind of allegations I mean all of this all yeah. of it is always terrible right so you know Kevin Spacey like all of these this men, one just feels more on a personal level yeah I hear you. yeah and and I I definitely say like I, I remember you know the first when the first parts of the Caribbean came out and it's still a great film I'm gonna like stand by that he gives a great performance in it for a long time he was a very good actor 
uh, one of my favorite films is still Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, you know, for whatever mm -hmm. that's worth. Uh, but the, yeah, there is just something painful about this. And over the past five, six, seven, maybe even 10 years, we've been sort of watching his very steady decline. And, you know, the, the amount of money that he has spent losing money, kind of just beginning to like visually decay almost, that he's, he's almost falling apart. He's obviously got a drug problem. He's obviously got an alcohol problem. Um, and then this kind of culminated everything with, uh, you know, all of the allegations that we'd heard from Amber, from Amber Heard. And, you know, I know that people are very much both sides about this one, um, but it's quite obvious that he's been abusive. And she may have been abusive too, but we, you know, we know that he has been abusive. That, that has pretty much been shown in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a hard one for me because I really did love him. And like he was one of the crushes that I had as a teenager, uh, you know, a little bit later than than some people. But uh, it's it's tough to see that, like to see how far he has fallen and how disappointed I am yeah. in in what happened to him. Because for a while there, it seems like he was one of the ones who, who made it out. Right. He mm -hmm. didn't self-destruct as a young man he had issues that he worked through and you know he he had a, a long-term girlfriend he had children he seemed to be very in a good place and very balanced etc and then it just kind of all came apart at some point yeah I, i've always wondered what really happened what 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 finally sent things over the edge because Oh man. I mean, I was obsessed with 21 Jump Street when I was younger and um, I just saw that they have that on Peacock and I was like, oh, should I start it again? Will that be too painful? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he always was just like one of the best actors working and he had this chameleon-like tendency to just disappear into, into roles and, and he was just so incredible to watch. And it was actually fun how weird he was, you know, and <laughs> how uncomfortable he would get in interviews and things. Um, but then, yeah, it's like whatever happened with, um, I can't think of her name, his girlfriend that he has kids with and the fact uh, that they never. Vanessa Parody. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Vanessa Parody. Um, whatever happened there, it's like that broke him. You know, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden he's in this relationship with Amber Heard, this confirmed bachelor who would never get married, wouldn't marry the mother of his children, all of a sudden is in this whirlwind romance and just gets married to this girl. And then it goes crazy wrong. And I am not saying that he didn't do anything like I think he did. There's there's a lot of evidence to support that he did. But I don't know, like it just it seems like something really was very, very broken in him by that point. And yeah. He just is not the person that he was. And looking at the first Pirates movie compared to the fifth one, it's, you just see, it's, if you just look at those two back to back, it's insane that those are the same person. Yeah. And it's so heartbreaking to see that. And I mean, this now... The fact that J.K. Rowling, I mean, we could, we could talk about that, but um, <laughs> the fact that J.K. Rowling was so supportive of him and, and just so willing to fight for him when they were shooting Crimes of Grindelwald, the second Fantastic Beast movie, and uh, 
just was basically like telling everyone to back off when when they were asking for him to be recast first of all i don't even know if she has spoken i haven't tried to look for anything from her but um but the fact that warner brothers and and she were so staunchly standing by him and then as soon as this uk decision came out warner's like yeah it's time to be done with this like it's I hope he gets the help that he needs i suspect he won't and that he's just gonna kind of wither away from now i think this is kind of gonna be the thing that uh leads to (laughs) the end i i don't know i hope not but i i kind of feel like it is yeah it's it's sad like like you say i mean there there is something deeply sad about all of this mm-hmm. and i remember uh, a couple of years ago maybe 2018 um there was an article in rolling that stone. rolling stone par- yeah. profile yeah and and it was a lot of people you know t- were talking about like oh this is really horrible and and depp is, is obviously sort of touching everything it was just sad it was because it really was a portrait of someone who has lost touch with reality with his his own abilities um with you know who he might have been or something like that and, and like he, he's just he's living this fantasy or he's trying to live this fantasy and, and i think that a lot of this really is a partial at least partially driven by drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. um and it's obvious that he has a problem yeah and whether or not he you know maybe one of the first steps would be that he actually gets help for that problem again whether or not he has someone anyone around him now who's willing to do that who's willing to you know or that he's even willing to trust uh in order to do that would be a question but um uh recently actually around about the time that the the initial the, the a couple of days ago when the the, uh, the sun case was decided um, there's a fascinating article and I will find the link to it. I have not been able to find the link to it, but it, it was really well written. That was not, not really about the sun case itself, but about um, Depp's kind of resonance, like who Depp was and who Depp has been from the time that he, you know, that he was on 21 Jump Street and why he was so appealing particularly to a certain generation of women. Um, But I think generally, I mean, Depp has been appealing for years. You know, that's why uh, the first Pirates of the Caribbean works so well. He's Mm -hmm. appealing, like he's fun to watch. He gives this fascinating, bizarre performance and it's really, it's a really effective. He's a good actor. He was a good actor. Um, But that kind of shift from 21 Jump Street to, you know, he's this gorgeous young man, right? You know, he, he really is just beautiful in that oh, show. Yeah. And then he, and then his first major film role is Cry Baby, which is basically a skewering of that image. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to Edward Scissorhands where, you know, he completely covers over his beauty. Yeah. Uh, and then he, he kind of crafts for himself this very interesting, um, this very interesting public persona and a very interesting career where he's doing a lot of independent films. He works with a lot of, of different directors, all of whom obviously love him. Like they really liked working with him. Uh, and, and then Pirates of the Caribbean happens and that's kind of, you know, if he wasn't a major star before then, that's when he truly becomes a huge star right uh and and people had to like they had to fight to get him that role because a lot of um like disney was just like no we don't want johnny depp involved with this like are you crazy but i don't know who else could have possibly played that part and it had been as good as it was 
Um, but so, so this this article mentions the fact that a lot of the people that Depp kind of idolized when he was 20 are the same people that he idolizes now. He idolizes Keith Richards and Iggy Pop and Hunter S. Thompson and has seemed to miss the fact that you know, Hunter S. Thompson killed himself at the age of 67. Um, Hunter S. Thompson himself constantly talked about the fact that you don't want to live the way that I do. Uh, because in his views, like this, this is dangerous and damaging. You shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I adore Hunter S. Thompson. Like I've got a gonzo tattoo, but, uh, uh, you know, he, he was right. And he was also doing something different that he didn't encourage other people to participate in. Um, people like Iggy Pop and Keith Richards, they got clean. I mean, they quit the drugs and the booze. They, they, they removed themselves from that life. You know, they became grandparents <laughs> um, and, and sort of, you know, clean themselves up. And, and that was something that Depp could have done, but he's really gone more the Marlon Brando route of just sort of losing himself somewhere along the way and falling deeper and deeper into this this fantasy land that you know only he lives in and and that is obviously very damaging and very dangerous so yeah. it's it's sad it's sad i think that that's the final conclusion to all of this mm-hmm. it is so any other final thoughts about johnny duck karen before we move on and talk about fun things other fun things uh not really i i guess now the question is going to be what do they do with fantastic beasts and I mean, I, as much as I (laughs) love the world of Harry Potter, I kind of join the chorus of like, maybe we should just finish and just not worry about finishing that trilogy or that series. There's like three more movies and I just don't feel like there's a big call for them anymore. So (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I feel like the Harry Potter franchise has played itself out, uh, mm-hmm. and and there's there's this push to keep it alive, I guess, for money making reasons. But does anyone really care anymore? Well, and that's the thing. Like, I'm I was obsessed with Harry Potter. I have all the books. I've got like two versions of the Sorcerer's Stone because one of them I had to buy in Britain so that I'd have one that said Philosopher's Stone because you know whatever. But. Um, you know, I, I really, even though they're not all great, I love watching the Harry Potter movies. I love that franchise. I think it's a lot of fun, really imaginative and, and, and just delightful. Fantastic Beasts, on the other hand, it's like, I can't even really remember the plot of the last movie other than Johnny Depp is Grindelwald. <laughs> like, and all I can really remember about that is that at some point Dumbledore defeats Grindelwald. But like that didn't happen in the movie. So I don't even know what that movie was about. So it's like, I, a huge Harry Potter fan, don't remember what these movies are. Maybe it's time to just be done with them. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. I have not seen these movies at all. Like I was never a Harry Potter fan to begin with. And Mm. I somehow was, I somehow wound up seeing, I think I've seen every single one of the Harry Potter movies, like the regular franchise. Because they're on like 800 times a day. <laughs> no, it was because I saw them in the theaters because my friends were oh. like, were like, do you want to go see Harry Potter? It's just like, not really, but can we like go get a coffee <laughs> afterwards? And then yes, I'll go. <laughs> like, that was my kind of response to it. And every single one I sat there being like, this is not good. I don't like this. 
the movies tear- take away so much of the fun little like I think what makes those those books so fun because I mean the basic story sorry now this is turning into a Harry Potter discussion but the basic story of Harry Potter is is basic it's you know good versus evil it's this kid who is this chosen one going up against the big huge bad guy whatever like that's a really basic plot and there are a million stories that are like that but what makes Harry Potter for me so fun and so special is all the little things that build up this world and you lose so much of that in the translation from book to screen which i mean yeah. of course you're going to for time but like they cut out entire characters that i adore you know in the books mm-hmm. and then they just don't ever show up in the movies and it's like oh that's kind of a bummer i still like i still think the movies are fun to watch but they really do not hold a candle to just the fun of reading mm-hmm. the books yeah that's what i've been told um I don't know. Just it was just never my thing. I yeah. I admit that I think the first Harry Potter came out when I was in sixth grade, so I would it's the perfect age for it. But in sixth grade, I was like, I'm too old for this. Reading like <laughs> Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> I, no, I know I am not shitting you. I was reading. I was reading the Electric Kool Aid Acid Test, <laughs> uh, which is not Kurt Vonnegut. It is Tom Wolfe, and I did not understand a fucking word. Okay, I did not know what was being talked about, except apparently acid is really cool. Um, <laughs> great thing. Thanks, mom and dad. Uh, great thing for, for a sixth grader to read. No, actually, like, yeah. Anyways, whatever. Uh, yeah, so, so I, I very much felt that, uh, that Harry Potter, I was too old for Harry Potter. I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that as, as being my snobbishness at, in, at the age of 11. So. Yeah, I was in college when those books came out, so <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> So let's let's move on. Let's talk about some movies. Let's just talk about some movies that we let's saw. This would be like a nice way to round off the podcast, which is such a weird podcast this week because of everything. <laughs> um, well, hey, uh, we, this is Citizen Dame. We talked about being good citizens and dames. And so. dames. And dames, yeah. So so why don't you start, Karen? What, what movies or TV shows or fun stuff have you been watching since the last time we recorded, which was before Halloween? Oh my gosh, I know. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been a year. Uh- <laughs> it has been a decade, actually. This week has been a decade. <laughs> Yesterday I tweeted like, Halloween was less than a week ago and a few people are like whoa <laughs> that really puts it in perspective I'm like, yeah. that's, a, that's a fucking lie is what that yeah is. <laughs> anyway um but well I'll start off with just how I spent election day and I think that you should too because we have a poll that people want to know what the real answer was so um but yeah I needed I needed to focus on something, or not even focus. I just needed to distract myself from, you know, watching the news all day long. And um, so I finally turned on the Great British Baking Show on Netflix. And I, oh my gosh, you were so right about that show, which I knew you would be, but it was just like, I, I just jumped right into the current season and binge watched all the episodes like that whole day i watched all the episodes that were currently available i think there's still a few more that are coming because it's a weekly release but yeah i watched six episodes of the great british baking show and it was so delightful and wonderful and it made me so happy and like 
there's this one challenge and this girl accidentally just crashes into a guy or something knocks his his stuff onto the ground and so like that just kind of messes up his competition and then she ends up winning that challenge and he's just like oh things happen and i'm like this would not happen in an american show he'd be like i'm gonna cut that bitch you know <laughs> like ah, oh, it was so refreshing to see people actually be nice to each other and be happy for someone like <laughs> Oh, you're the star baker this week. Congratulations. You tried so hard. It'd be like, no, I'm going to get him. I'm going to sabotage <laughs> him. You know, it's like, oh, just seeing people just like just trying their best. And yeah. that's what I think is so lovely about it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that show really facilitates this sense of like everybody's support. It, it encourages them to support each other, not to try to be mean or do anything nasty to each other and and like I like it when in some episodes where like someone is struggling to to finish something right Mm -hmm. and they have like there's some episodes we've got several people being like okay I'm gonna help you like lift your cake onto the cake tray or something like that you know you finish up doing this and I'm gonna help you do that yeah Um, and and I yeah I really like that you you have to go back and watch some of the earlier seasons too because oh I definitely will yeah because you get like Mel and Sue who were the original hosts and uh and Paul Hollywood and Mary Berry Mary Berry is like everyone's posh British grandma (laughs) who's she's just like the cutest fucking thing um I'm excited but yeah, yeah like that's the thing I love I mean it is a competition there will be a winner and someone gets kicked off every week but it mostly feels like they're ultimately competing against themselves like they're just trying to do their best just trying to to do something good and learn some things because the way i understand it and i didn't realize this was the case but like these aren't professional bakers right yeah no these these are amateurs the whole the, yeah. the original idea of the show was um actually like a, it was a one-off series that they wanted to make to kind of encourage british people to bake and to bake particularly british traditionally British things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they like put out this call of like, they wanted to find, I think the, the 10, the 10 best amateur bakers. So you can't be a professional baker. Okay. You have to be someone, it's someone who's like, you you love baking, you're really into baking and then you apply for it. And, um, and they choose, you know, the 10 best amateur bakers in the country. Okay. Uh, and then they set up these, these competitions. So yeah, everybody is an amateur. Um, you know, obviously some people are better at some things than they're, than at others. Uh, and I, I love sitting there just being like, no, no, the, the pie isn't going to cook all the way through. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's going to have a soggy bottom. This uh-huh. is not acceptable. <laughs> yeah. That is way too many bananas for that. That's not going to work. Oh, why are you putting water with your milk, with your white chocolate? That's terrible. Yeah, it's just like, that's a bad idea. It's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to work. No, you need more lamination. Lamination. <laughs> but I also feel like I would be friends with most of these contestants. And again, I've only watched the current season. Yeah. But like, I feel like these are people I would hang out with, you know, and, and just enjoy being around. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really, it's. It continues to be a very charming show and you can watch the whatever i think it's up to eight ten seasons something like that there are uh, eight on netflix well there are eight of the original series that are on yeah. netflix and then there's also like a holiday one and a master class which someone told me is the the judges showing how the yeah. t- like the technical challenges how those should be done like with a proper way to do it so i was like "Ooh, that's cool i want to yeah do that. 
Yeah, the master classes are a lot of fun and 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 are very charming. I I really like the holiday episodes as well because they what they do is they bring back like people who were on the show before and have them do like holiday bakes. But the the competition is is literally just for like oh you get like this pie plate um at the at the end of it so it's there it's very like warm and fuzzy kind of thing it's just like oh we're going to make christmas pies and, <laughs> and mince meat and stuff like that and it's That's, very charming and british it sounds amazing <laughs> so yeah. on election day i put up a poll on our twitter account it says how are you distracting yourself today karen's watching the great british baking show lauren is probably watching something about murder revenge destroying patriarchy or puppies and destroying patriarchy won but lauren what was the answer what were you watching on election day this is really going to disappoint people uh, <laughs> i uh, well actually i was watching it, the, the correct answer was murder because and kind of revenge i guess because i was watching a 1935 bella lugosi film called the raven Oh. Uh, starring <laughs> starring Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. It's on Peacock, by the way, if you want to watch it. It is it, it is a entertaining film, definitely. <laughs> but basically, Bela Lugosi is like this crazy doctor who becomes obsessed with this woman whose life he saves. And he's also at the same time obsessed with like Edgar Allan Poe torture devices. So he builds all of these torture devices and then entraps Boris Karloff, who plays a murderer, uh, into helping him like kidnap this girl and and you know subject her and her entire family to all of these like Edgar Allan Poe torture <laughs> so that was the correct answer I kind of feel like I should have been watching Birds of Prey but at the same time I was like <laughs> I just need I just need something that's gonna distract me completely you know? <laughs> well James and I had a we were wondering if it was maybe John Wick which would have satisfied all four <laughs> yes that's true that's true that that was a, that's a good suggestion actually i wish i yeah. thought of that <laughs> but yeah i was watching the raven and then uh, a number of episodes of letter kenny which is a, a canadian television show <laughs> so someone posted yesterday that whole like the united states of canada and jesus uh -huh. land and like a folding part of the united states up into canada like basically the coasts and then leaving the rest as this country called jesus land <laughs> and i was like please don't make me live in canada again <laughs> <laughs> i did i did like that uh, i think the day after the election they uh people began being like okay you will be you will soon be assigned an emotional support canadian <laughs> yep I called and, dibs on Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know what? Actually, at this point, that would be really nice. Uh, in a couple of weeks, I can go back to thinking Canada is a bit of a joke. But for right now, for right now, I love ripping on Canada. I have it's I have so several fun. Canadian friends, but yeah. but yeah, Canada's stupid. <laughs> like, I lived there. I have feelings about that. <laughs> There's a reason I came back. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I have constantly pissed off one of my Canadian friends by by using a Simpsons joke. Every time I talk to her, the <laughs> Simpsons joke that's like, oh, but Canada is so easy to miss, all tucked away down there. <laughs> and it's like, fuck you, you fucking know where Canada is. You live like 
like three hours from the border it's like yeah I know where Canada is it's way down there right it's like they're in the corner somewhere I remember Uh, when I was in Ottawa and I was talking to this guy who was just like yeah Americans all think that our house of our our parliament is a big uh ice sculpture and I looked at him dead serious and I go wait it's not and he's just like oh my god and I was like no I'm joking (laughs) obviously I know that it's not it's made out of maple trees come on I remember when I first when I first learned about Canadian Thanksgiving, I, I was literally like, and this was not intentional at all. And I realized what I was saying as I said it, but I was just like, okay, but like, what do Canadians have to be thankful for? And then I was like, no, what I mean is, what I mean, what I mean is we know the myth behind american thanksgiving so why what is there like a similar myth behind canadian thanksgiving but but it came out like that and i was just like i am so sorry (laughs) oh man i was talking to jazz on election day our friend jazz tanke and um well, I texted her the night before and I said, whatever happens tomorrow, please don't go home because she's British. I'm like, please stay here. Don't leave. <laughs> but anyway, during uh, during the election results, we were kind of texting a little bit and she's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm watching the Great British Baking Show and wondering if the fact that my family were loyalists in the Revolutionary War would persuade the Queen to let me come home. <laughs> just remember what's happening in britain right now i mean they're not yeah. that far behind us yeah and then say. yeah and then someone else pointed that out and i was just like eh, all right oh you can go to canada i was like no <laughs> new zealand it is new zealand it is yeah yeah that's my all right. plan so so let, let's let's talk about a few more things we've been watching and then we could close this out because obviously we, i think we everyone like- wants us to talk forever we are dingy we are obviously dingy about all of this like i've had a beer i'm gonna have another beer at some point i have had zero beers so this is just me (laughs) so okay so but but let's let's talk about halloween what did you watch for halloween karen was there anything that you were just like i absolutely you know i have to watch this particular horror film for halloween yes i watched the movie his house on netflix have you watched oh, I, this? I have not seen that one yet. No, tell oh, me man. about it. So um, I'll read the plot summary because I, f- I felt like I didn't know enough history to understand some of what was going on. Um, and I actually want to go back and watch it again. Like I want to read up on some things and then watch it again because I really liked it and I thought it was a very effective horror movie, but just the historical stuff I didn't quite understand as much as I wish I had. But anyway, so the plot summary of it is after making a harrowing escape from a war-torn South Sudan, a young refugee couple struggle to adjust to their new life in a small English town that has an unspeakable evil lurking beneath the surface. And so basically it's about this couple yeah they're refugees they end up in um in england uh they're put up in this this like apartment and they're told you cannot move out of this apartment you have to stay here which that doesn't sound creepy or suspicious right (laughs) in a horror movie but uh so they they're there and almost right away really weird stuff starts to happen especially the husband starts to see things that uh he shouldn't be seeing and it becomes pretty clear that this is some sort of either memories or manifestation 
of something to do with where he has come from so it's pretty at least to me it was pretty clear that this wasn't like some like british ghost you know this was like something much darker and much deeper and so it's this couple they're trying to deal with this presence they're trying to heal from they have so much trauma i mean i know a lot about what happened in sudan but uh there's a lot of mythology involved in this story not just mythology but like just a lot of um um uh, what's the right word um struggling with this but there's just a lot of like religious ideas Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things um mixed into this that i don't fully understand so that's where i'm like i really need to do some reading up on this and and watch it again to just fully understand the the scope of it but um but it's really a beautiful this is another one of those like what we were talking about when we were talking about the female directed horror movies this is one of those where it's really not about the the scary things that you're seeing or not seeing but it's really what what that is a metaphor for and it's about this like grief and trauma and trying to process that and trying to move on with your life after you've been through such horrible horrible things and it's so beautifully done really well directed this couple at the center of it they are just so amazing and i highly recommend it um yeah i i would say do what i'm doing like watch the movie then go read up on it and then watch it again that's my plan so um but yeah definitely check it out it's on netflix and it's great that's that's wonderful i i'd I'd seen some rumblings about it and because of all the election stuff i kind of like i was just like all right i will put that on my queue and and then i Mm -hmm. forgot about it um but yeah that sounds great like i am i will be interested to see that uh it's uh, I'm, I'm so glad that we're getting this diversity of horror films and highly praised ones too right we're not just yeah. getting we're not getting schlock in other words we're getting some really interesting stuff mm-hmm. uh yeah and it's directed by reviews. yeah it's directed by remy weeks who is a black director um he is british i'm not sure what his background is but um so i i think that he grew up in england i'm not positive on that but um but yeah, yeah, really great director. I'm really excited to see more from him. That sounds great. Well, for Halloween, uh, I, I watched a couple of different things. <laughs> um, Halloween tradition in in my life is to watch the Doctor, or not Doctor Who, wow, Doctor Seuss. Doctor <laughs> Seuss, man. They're basically the same. <laughs> the Just Seuss. kidding, Whovians. Okay, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> The Dr. Seuss short, uh, Halloween is Grinch Night, which I don't know if you have seen, Karen, but please see it because it is terrifying. <laughs> I have not. Uh, it is on YouTube. You can you can watch it on YouTube. And it's actually in very high quality on YouTube. But the, the whole story is basically like on, on Halloween night, the Grinch, you know, when these particular weather circumstances occurred, the Grinch comes down from Mount Crumpet to terrify people uh and and it's about a a little boy who goes who tries to go to the outhouse and gets blown away by the wind and winds up um winds up having to confront the Grinch and it is actually like (laughs) fucking terrifying like it scared me when I was little and it still (laughs) creeps me out uh but so I watched Halloween is Grinch tonight we also watched um scary stories to tell in the dark again yes so good 
it was still such a good film and so moving and um you know i in re-watching it i i was like you know this this really is nuanced in a way that you don't tend to expect from these kind of ya sort of horror stories Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is so well done and, um, and so much about, you know, talking about <laughs> the issues that this election has raised about the stories that we tell and the monsters that we create. And, uh, it, I just, yeah, I, I still love that movie. It, it reminded me of how good it was. And then finally I watched very late at night, a movie called the four skulls of Jonathan Drake, oh. which is on the one hand is fairly racist and it's a 1950s film uh, i think okay. it's like it's 1959 uh it's it's you know fairly racist the whole story is about this english family um who are uh who the the grandfather who was was an archaeologist and at some point during his travels brought back um not brought back but uh uh wound up coming into contact with the Jabaro Indians in the Amazon and ended up uh, like actually killing, like committing genocide essentially. Uh, and and in, in committing genocide against them uh, becomes cursed. His entire family is cursed. And so all of the men in the family die of sudden heart attacks at the age of 60. And what, what comes out is this very bizarre kind of amalgamation of like voodoo and uh and like shrunken heads and like all kinds of things it's it's very much a hollywood sort of colonial hodgepodge uh but it is shockingly violent for 1959 like to the point that part of the story is that is that the the um uh, one of the characters actually has his head cut off and it, they not only show you his head being cut off but they show like it being boiled and shrunken down. Oh my gosh. Like, and yeah, it, it was shocking. I'm sitting there going like, this is 1959. This is like intense for 1959. Wow. I don't know yeah. how they got away with it. It was really kind of shocking. So I don't know whether I'd necessarily recommend it. it it's one of those films that is so ridiculous in, at many levels that it's you can kind of ignore the racism part <laughs> yeah because you're just like yeah but this is really dumb uh on the other hand it is it is pretty pretty fundamentally racist but um <laughs> it was fascinating i i was like oh my god they're actually going to show that guy getting wow. like his head stuffed with things and his eyes sewn up jesus christ that's crazy so yeah it's available on amazon prime if you desperately want to see it it's also it's also a short film it's only about an hour and 10 minutes okay so so there you go. Anything else you wanted to mention before we close this one out, Karen? We have just oh. been all over the place because, man. People like it. That's going to yeah. be. That's that's what I say. They they want us to just be all over the place today because we're all feeling all over the place today, don't you think? Definitely. I, uh, I did on November 1st. I was like, oh, I just need to feel like just some hope and joy so i rewatched elf <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yes it is november 1st and i'm watching christmas movies i, I don't see. care i see <laughs> and, you're one of those people are you i mean i've watched that movie in july before there's something i can't fully explain it but there's something specifically about that movie that just it's one of my comfort movies that just when i'm really having a hard time or just really feeling like 
sad about whatever I can watch that and it just makes me feel good and happy and one of these days I want the opportunity to tell Will Ferrell and John Favreau that because they don't even know what they've done for me with that movie but but yeah I did watch that and then of course as I said on the last podcast I would do I didn't do it until last night but I rewatched Birds of Prey finally and that movie is still perfect it is (laughs) it really is (laughs) I, uh, I actually wrote an article for We Live Entertainment, where I write now, and um, it was movies that we shouldn't forget about as we're going into award season, and that was one of the movies on my list, and I got some great comments from people who were like, thank you so much for acknowledging this movie and reminding people that it's so good, and I was just like, yes, because it rocks, it's amazing. <laughs> it does, it, it actually is, like, it's such a good movie. Such, it is. such a satisfying movie it really oh, is oh man well how about I, you I, oh how about me uh yeah. i watched well yesterday i actually watched claire denise botovai which um i had never seen and is is a, is a great film and i you know i know that some people are like oh i don't like claire denise and i'm just like okay you're wrong first of all uh that was fantastic but um it was interesting because in watching it, uh, one of one of my favorite kind of art house directors is um, Michelangelo Antonioni, and in watching Bocciavia, I was like, "This is, this is like you know Antonioni, but feminine," and I mm-hmm. kind of really like that. So yeah, it's that, and that is on Criterion Channel right now. <laughs> I recorded it off of TCM a few weeks ago, and then I went back and I was looking through my. Um, like my list of recordings to watch and it said good job and I was like what is good job I don't remember recording anything <laughs> like that and then I looked I was like oh, oh but why did they uh, translate that that's so dumb yeah that's a, that's a, <laughs> I think I think a, I think maybe probably better translation would be like beautiful work or something or something like that beautiful yeah labor. maybe it's know. a good maybe it's a good work but it definitely said yeah. good and not beautiful. And I was like, nobody translates bow as good. That's yeah, not. No. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Wow. I know. It's so funny. I was like, just call it bow trivet. That's what everyone knows it as. <laughs> you yeah. You don't translate those things. No. <laughs> All right. Well, let us close out this very bizarre election finally election day i guess episode uh with thanking our patrons who are being so nice and patient and everything and we thank you all very very much especially heather adriana michael james katie cariata mason matthew michelle monty Nanina, Nicole, Robert, Sharon, Steve, Tao, and Will. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support us. And uh, and we are going to be like, there are going to be some changes coming along with the with the Patreon. We are doing more bonus episodes. We are trying to like get things cleaned up a little bit. We know that we haven't been 100% on that, but, um, but that is coming along. Uh, so if you do want to contribute to us, help us keep the lights on. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash citizen dame. You can also buy some of our merchandise at zazzle.com slash citizen dame pod. You can buy masks because you should be wearing your damn masks. Yes, we just elected Biden, but that doesn't mean that the pandemic is over. Well, now we have uh, a president who believes in masks. So. When that, yeah, isn't that exciting? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> buy your masks, buy stuff. Uh, and you can also just uh, kick us a few dollars if you'd like at our Ko-Fi account. That's ko-fi.com slash citizen dame. 
Um, you can get in touch with us a multitude of different ways. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Citizen Dame Pod. You can also send us an email at citizendamepod at gmail.com. And we have our website, that's citizendamepod.com, where we have reviews and commentaries and discussions. I'm going to be throwing up some Blu-ray reviews pretty soon. Uh, I think that Karen has a few more things coming down the line. Yep. But, you know, all sorts of stuff has been going on. So, again, forgive us. We're all very tired. <laughs> so, and that's, our website is citizendamepod.com. And of course you can get in touch with us individually in several different ways. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at LH Business. Karen, where are you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Karen M. Peterson. And I just remembered, we forgot to shout out the Baby Yoda show is back. Baby Yoda, oh yeah, what does Baby Yoda, does Baby Yoda go to space? Does Baby Yoda go on a journey? I haven't watched the Baby Yoda show recently, so. <laughs> Baby Yoda does lots of things. Yay, I think Baby Yoda fights spiders at some point, that was what I heard. Uh, apparently that's this week's episode, I haven't watched it yet, and I am not happy about this spider thing. <laughs> but like I was very down with last week's guest appearance from Timothy Oliphant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah so watch the baby yoda show as well um i forget what the actual show is called uh, <laughs> it's the baby yoda show <laughs> just type anyway. in baby yoda on disney plus and it'll take you there <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening to us we will be back with probably a more structured episode next week if you know i don't know what else could possibly happen who knows stop it um <laughs> something else will anyways thank you so much for listening to us and we will talk to you guys later bye <laughs> so congressman john lewis congressman john lewis before his passing wrote, democracy is not a state, it is an act. And what he meant was that America's democracy is not guaranteed. It is only as strong as our willingness to fight for it.